Get a jump start on 2024 in a new Kia from Robert Brogdon's Olathe Kia. Shop their large selection, including the new Sorento, Nero, and Soul models. You'll score big with low prices, trade assist cash, and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit OlatheKia.com. This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. Uh, Matt, first question. Whenever we are uh, gulped up in a uh, nuclear holocaust, what's the thing that you're going to miss the most? Uh, probably being able to watch football and, and have a beer. And that's that's pretty sad, maybe. That's the thing I'm going to miss most, but yeah, I'm a simple man, so I enjoy. On Sports Radio 810, WHB. Yes, indeed. That liner means it's time for Matt Verderam to join us. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Verderam. Read his work up on Fansided. Check out Stack the Box and everything else that he does uh, over there on Fansided. Uh, Matt, any uh, any new just carnal pleasures that's been added to your uh, rotation that has even gotten close to challenging football and beer? No. Um, uh, sleep might be one. Though. I've got to... <laughs> Two-and-a-half-month-old daughter who I love dearly and finally is sleeping well. But the first couple months, uh, it, it was if you slept for two hours, it was really it was, uh, it was a miracle. So I am enjoying sleeping. Um, other than that, we got the middle of the off-season. So yeah. just, I'm just gearing up. It's kind of like, like covering the NFL is the equivalent to being a bear that hibernates. <laughs> You know, and you, and it also includes getting fatter. Yes, um, <laughs> and it, you just you just hibernate and hibernate, and then training camp comes around. You're like, all right, I got to get out of the cave, and then the season starts. And by the end of the NFL draft, you're you weigh like 87 pounds, <laughs> and you're just face down in a coma. Um, so. Yeah, it's, it's basically where I'm at. No, this is, this is when you can finally carbo load and just try to get yourself about one full constant month of sleep. Again, I think having the baby was a real misstep in your planning for, for the uh, the hibernation, though. I mean, that really, I don't know how you let that one slip through the cracks. She doesn't care. Um, <laughs> selfish as all get out. Uh, she's, she's, a, she's a good kid. She's obsessed with uh, staring at ceiling fans. So, Ooh. Um, you know, apparently she's going to share in my IQ level. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's good. It's good. You know, um, I'm I'm enjoying it. We'll, we'll take our annual uh, summer trip to New York, back to where I grew up. If you couldn't tell by the accent, mm-hmm. um, and we'll do that in late July and early August. And I, I'm probably the only person who covers the league who takes big vacation the second training camp starts. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, I'll still be doing all the pods, and I'll do my column, and I'll still, you know, it's a vacation with some work mixed in. But uh, that's fine. I don't envy a lot of the, the fine people you have on the station who have to go to St. Joseph's and sweat to death <laughs> when it's 98 degrees at 7 a.m. Um, good, good luck to all of them. Um, here, here's my last question. Just sort of this I partially surrounds, you know, fatherhood, but also the the pool of characters to pick from here goes back far enough that uh, I'm sure that you enjoyed at least some of these, just as the target audience. But the Ringer has been doing a, a Pixar character bracket that has really yep. some of the seating here has really caught me. At, at, 
I've got some issues. I won't make you sit here and listen to me air all my grievances. But but I am curious who your your number one overall seed Pixar character would be, or if you've got you know four one seeds, whatever. I I just love to know um, who who really speaks to you from the Pixar character bracket. So first of all, let me just say I couldn't care less. Um, I mean, really couldn't care any less. Um, I think it's fun that they're doing that. You know, anything with a bracket, I'm involved. But, uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know what I really care about? You know what I really care about? Nothing that happened when I was seven. Um, But I guess I would just go. The only Pixar movie I've ever seen in my life is probably Toy Story. What? So... uh, I, I couldn't even tell you. What are the other ones? Were they, I mean, The I Incredibles, Monsters, Inc., Ratatouille, Wally, Inside Out, Toy Story 2, 3, and 4. I haven't seen the fourth one. Sounds, it, it, all, it all sounds like garbage. I saw the original Toy Story, um, and I'll, so I'll, say, I'll say Woody, because why not? Whatever, that's fine. But um, other than that, I, mean, I got nothing. I couldn't name one character in any of the movies. Isn't the one? Isn't Soul a Pixar movie? Yeah, that was a relatively recent one. Okay, okay, that that I've seen with my daughter, who's the, the four and a half year old one. That uh, that's a really good movie. I'll, I'll grant it that. But other okay. than that, like, you know, I feel like everybody like is either so you're either like one of these buckets. I feel like you're either one of these people who watches everything Disney. Like you're like my cousin who goes to Disney World every single year of your life. Yeah, and it's like at what point are you just like have you not seen Epcot enough? Yeah, that one's a little weird to me. Down there 37 times. Yeah, that's a lot. So you're either in that bucket, or you're the Star Wars person mm-hmm. who just like cosplays around the house, and just, it's, it's just and I, I don't understand because I've never seen one second of Star Wars. I don't <sighs> understand how they just keep adding to these things. It's like, oh, this is the ninth prequel. <laughs> like, what what is happening? Who are these people that's in the ninth prequel? There's no way they, have, they relate to the original cast characters, right? Like the 70s, whatever the hell it was. Um, I just missed all those buckets, and I just I just immersed myself in sports, and thank God it led to a financial uh, financially stable career. Because if it wasn't for that, it uh, wouldn't be good. would not be good. I was I was about to hop on the train to start um, to start making fun of of adults who are just just too, like the ones who are really really deeply too into Disney and then you mentioned the Star Wars thing and all of a sudden I decided that I should just move on and ask you about football or whatever because I didn't I didn't feel like I didn't feel like calling myself out on the radio this time you know it's just I, and listen you're into what you're into I mean I'm I'm a complete nerd when it comes to Sports. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here in my office doing this interview. I'm looking at my bookcase. It probably literally has, I don't know, 30,000 baseball cards in it. Like, <laughs> I mean, from anywhere from the 1800s to yesterday. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm i a complete loser with that. I'll be at a convention for it to show. Okay? Right, right. Like, to the point, I mean, it's, it's a serious problem. Um, you know, I'll go out and buy a, a card, that, you know, it, it, a piece of cardboard from 60 years ago that, that's way too expensive. And I'll be really excited about it. And really, when you think about it, you're like, bro, you just bought a piece of cardboard mm-hmm. from 1957. Right. Like, Old paper. Congratulations. Right. So we, we all have our things. But the Disney and the Star Wars thing, I just, I missed the boat in a big way. Sure. Uh, okay, then let me ask you about your card collection then. What, what, right now, we're saying like, hey, you, 
whatever I don't I don't want to create a, a fake catastrophe this time because I did that in the liner for this segment and also there are plenty of catastrophes happening around right now so I'm not trying to be like if your house is on fire I'm not trying to put your house on fire but but you get to take one I card got Sorry. well that's good I guess you get to take one card with you. you're stuffing it into a jacket pocket and getting out for one reason or another your your long undercover spy secret identity has finally been found out you can take one card with you which one is it uh, oh my God, that'd be tough. Um, probably, uh, I have a 1954 Jackie Robinson. Pretty probably good. That. Pretty good answer. Probably that. But it, there's a, there's a few, there's a few that would be, it would be a tough choice. But I think 1954 Jackie Robinson probably fit. Do you have another one off the top of your head or, or one that you would say like maybe is the most valuable well, or not, or, or most sentimental for some reason? Yeah. I mean, boy, I have. I have the whole 1958 set, and I have the whole 1957 set except for Mickey Mantle, which I'm going to buy probably when I go to that, that convention for nerds in July. <laughs> um, so, pro- I mean, probably, like, cards out of that set. I mean, you mean, look, I, you know, uh, I mean, the 57 set specifically. Like, by the way, everyone's turned off the radio. No, um, oh, I disagree. But, I think I think you've done two things here that I think are great. One is that we it, it is absolutely a good thing, I think, to equate, like, um sci-fi nerds and sports nerds or everybody's nerdy about something it's just different everybody's different flavors um, and also you're, you're talking yeah. to baseball card nerds right now there, there are baseball card nerds listening no question yeah no I mean I, I you know last year's the first year I started putting together sets that had so many vintage baseball cards well I haven't I only have one no I have two vintage football sets of 69 54s um, but I I just started putting them together I got the 65 baseball 69 so that you know, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch. Um, yeah, probably the 54 Jackie Robinson. The only Jackie Robinson I have. That would probably be the card that I'd be like, yeah, if I had to shave one of them, that'd probably be the card that I have to be the hardest one to get again. Yeah. So, you know, but check back with me after the convention in July. It could be a different answer. I would, yes, please. And if I forget to ask, please remind me because I absolutely could sit here and well, talk it's about in Atlantic cards. City, so I might I might bet my mortgage, but we'll see how things play out. You might have to do that interview from a payphone. That segment I'm might just be from a, from a jail cell, <laughs> the hiding from my wife. Um, but uh, if you make us your one phone call, if, if you make us your one phone call, I would really appreciate that, and I think we could really make some good content. Maybe we could try to get a little GoFundMe going for you at that point. I'm not sure. We can we can get we can cross that bridge when we get there. I suppose. I would say that my one phone call would be my best friend back home, who's actually a police officer, but. He's going with me because he is a nerd about the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm guessing that if I'm there, he's probably also making a phone call. <laughs> um, and so yeah, we'll probably just call some of his friends who hopefully have some, some legal sway. Yeah, um, that sounds good. You know, or, or maybe people who could keep us in there. Um, <laughs> keep us, keep from us hidden from, from our wives who found out they no longer have a home. Um, but you so, got you know, a PSA graded Mickey Mantle. I mean, I don't know what's... I don't know what's more fulfilling. That's wonderful. Okay, well, I can't. I can't wait for the stories of that. So please, yeah, please do keep us posted. When it, once that happens, I'd love to know more. Um, in the meantime, I'll waste your time with some football questions if you want to do that. I mean, why start now? I know. But, that, 
Yeah, sure. Let's let's party. Let's do it. Football in June, baby. Football in June. Many camps have come and gone, at least for the Chiefs. Honestly, at this point, I couldn't tell you if any any, any other NFL They're teams are, are doing any. Thank God. Um, so we're, we are fully in what is going to be the, the, the hibernation, of course. Um, the, the news story right now around the Chiefs, I think, that's most interesting that I wanted to get your, your angle on is with Orlando Brown Jr. Um, obviously, franchise tagged, has not signed the tag. They have a little less than a month now to get a long-term deal done. He did not have an agent for a while. He hires an agent who does not have any other NFL clients at that point, um, or still to this point, it's just the one. Uh, There's some interesting elements there, and I don't say that like judgmentally. I think that um, what what Brown said about kind of the logic of all that was interesting, and if he invokes, invokes diabetes at any point legally, I can't say that it's a bad idea. I'm, I'm totally in the tank at that point. Um, so I, what have you seen that's interested you specifically around Orlando Brown Jr. and, and what you think is going to happen next? So this is a boring answer. My answer would be nothing. I don't mm-hmm. think any – I mean, look, I think – and the reason I say that is when they acquired Orlando Brown last year, I remember reaching out to sources around the team and, and around the trade and basically told what. I mean, play it out, and we'll see how things go. But, you know, the idea is that he's going to be the long-term left tackle, and so if things go well, get a deal done when the time is appropriate. I think that's pretty much how this has gone. They played the year out, tagged him. Um, there's been no acrimony. There hasn't been any any ugly back and forth or anything like that. I think the Chiefs have been pretty steadfast in saying, hey, look, we're going to sign him. That's, you know, Orlando Brown believes he's going to get signed. Mahomes has come out and said he's going to get signed. So I feel like once Mahomes said that, that they might as well just sign the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, look, I think the intrigue with this is going to be – I would be very surprised if he does not get signed long term. They gave up a lot to get him. He's – you could make an argument, obviously, other than Mahomes. He's the most important player on the team. He protects Mahomes. I mean, he protects Patrick Mahomes. Who's more valuable than that guy? I'd, so, I'd make you give me Kelsey, I think, but I, but like, I, I have to hesitate beyond that, and I hadn't thought about it in those terms. It's interesting. I mean, Kelsey certainly can make the argument, but my point, and like, sure. I'm not saying Orlando Brown is the best player on the team. Right, 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 right. I, I'm not saying, but in terms of who's the most, like, like if, if Kelsey screws up on a route, unless, <laughs> unless it turns out like a pick six or something, sure. okay, so what? Sure. If Orlando Brown screws up. That's your season. Yep. Like, he is as important, if not more important, than anybody else on that team outside of Patrick Mahomes. So I, I do think I do think that you're looking at you know, a contract that's going to have to be five years, $105 million, and you know, $60 million guaranteed. I mean, I, it's going to be a big contract. He's going to be paid like a top five left tackle. And he deserves to be based off of the market, how good he is, and the leverage he has. So, with that being said, if I made you play the other side, because I think that's one of the more sort of like, hey, this is this makes too much sense. This is going to work out. Everybody, logical but optimistic, I would say, right? Just yeah, not not foolishly optimistic. Just hey, this is why I think it's going to work out. What if it doesn't? What what if in in a month we go, huh? They didn't get that deal done. What do you think is most likely to have have caused that? Probably just a, an argument about how much you know money in guarantees. Mm. I mean, I think look, people get way too hung up on the overall number. Mm. I can tell you right now, with agents, they care about two things: guaranteed money and structure. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares, unless it's ridiculously embarrassingly low, about overall money because it doesn't matter. Right. 
like these deals, you know, you'll, you'll always see in the offseason, especially in free agency, four years, $80 million, and people are like, oh, what? You know, and then it's like, oh, but 27 of it's guaranteed. Right. And so that man just got a four-year, $27 million contract. Right. <laughs> like that's, I mean, look at Marcus Valdez-Scaling, right? Mm-hmm. He signed a three-year, $30 million deal. That's essentially a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I, I, think, I think if it were to break down, it would be because of guaranteed money and or structure. But I got to tell you, like, this is one, I don't know if the Chiefs have a lot of leverage on this. Yeah. I mean, they gave up a lot to get him. He is very important. He's young. He's an excellent player. Say so whatever you want. He is a three-time pro bowler. He's in his mid-20s as a left tackle. I mean, that's about as valuable as it gets. I don't, I don't know that you could get more valuable than that. So I think in the end, um, you know, you got you to gotta pay him. You got to pay him. I, you know, look. Obviously, yeah. You know, he came in and was like, "I want twenty-five billion a year for six years." I mean, yeah. That, then the Chiefs probably would bought. Mm-hmm. I don't. But I first of all, he's not going to do that. And second of all, I just think if you're the Chiefs, like, what are you going to do? I mean, if you yeah. don't sign him and you play this through the year, for people who don't recognize this, or, or excuse me, people who don't realize this, if you go past July fifteenth, it's just the deadline to sign him. You cannot sign him again until after the season. Like, you can't negotiate in November. Mm-hmm. So, at that point, at the end of the year, he, he would be nuts not to hit free agency. Right. You're not going to tag him again. Like, they would probably lose him. I do not think that's a bet or a risk that Chiefs are willing to take. I agree with all of that. And, and here's my only other hang-up. Is I feel like, with all of that being said... I feel like maybe this is a fan thing, but but it feels like there is a hesitance, at least among Chiefs fans, which is even the, the strangest part of that to me. So as you said, he is young, he is very good, and still should have years of of rising before even peaking. And also, the the Chiefs told you how how heavily they valued him a year ago, like. It, it would yeah. just be such a wild move to to trade all of that for maybe maybe it's not one year maybe it's two years of Orlando Brown. Um, I, I, that to me would would seem like that, that would seem indicative of the Chiefs having their plans go wrong somewhere along the way. And so I just I, it it seems like this this not getting worked out is still. It, it just seems like that would be a loss for all sides. I think Orlando Brown would probably like to have some guaranteed money now, and and I, the Chiefs yeah. like to have their left tackle for the future locked up now. Well, and keep in mind, Brown is on his rookie year. I mean, he, now he's yep. going to make a lot on the tag. I'm sure he'd be on the tag. Sure, but he was a mid-round pick. I mean, he yep. is not somebody who's rolling in millions. Yep. Like, that is not his situation. Not, not that he's a destitute, but he mm-hmm. is not you know a top ten pick who had twenty five million guaranteed to him out of the draft. Yeah, that's not his situation. He's going to want to get paid. Um, I I would also say this. Look, let's be real. You traded away Tyree Kill. Part of the reason. Did they trade away Tyree Kill? Is yes to draft picks, but they also got seventy-five million in cap space mm. because that was what it was going to cost to sign Tyree Kill and guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. They got seventy-five. If you're not using that to protect Patrick Mahomes, what are you doing? I mean, I, like, what are you doing with the money? You just drafted eight guys on defense who theoretically are going to be young and cheap for the next four years. Now, obviously, they're not all going to make it to the team, but even if even if McDuffie, Carlos, and one other defensive player works out. Okay, maybe it's, maybe it's Cook, maybe it's Chanel, whoever it ends up being, Williams. The point is, you should be, if you drafted well this year, and Brett Beach has a very good track record of drafting, you should be young, cheap, 
and really good on defense for the next handful of years. So if that's the case, you should have cap space to spend to maintain the roster. And to me, other like when you look at them, Mahomes is signed for Kingdom Come. Kelsey signed for years to come. You got Smith and Tooney and Humphrey on that line who are signed for years. Your right tackle, if it's Kennard, is there for four years. If it's not, maybe it's Niang. You still have years on him. Like, who are you spending massive money to keep that's currently on that roster that's going to need a new deal? I mean, maybe like Darius Need, okay, when, when his contract comes up, maybe. Maybe, you know, at, at some point, I mean, Bolton and Gay are there for, for years on it. Like, I, maybe it's Chris Jones. I mean, Jones is probably the one other guy, depending on what they do, that maybe you're going to extend him and it's going to cost you. But, like, they're in a really good spot financially, a really good spot, especially considering that they've Patrick Mahomes locked up for a decade. If you're not going to pay Orlando Brown, what are you doing? I mean, I just think at some point, look, you, got, you let Tyree Hill walk so you could build up this team around Mahomes, basically taking the bet that Mahomes is going to elevate these receivers. Mm. I think it's a smart bet, even if, it's, even if it's a dangerous one. But if you don't have Orlando Brown... You know, I always see these people like, well, they can trade him for picks. and they, Okay, but what if they draft the guy who stinks? Then what? Then it doesn't look so damn good. You know, it's like when the Browns traded a, you know, excuse me, the Browns traded a pick to Atlanta, and Atlanta to Julio Jones a decade ago. <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, Atlanta's you know, idiots. You know, the Browns got five picks. How's that going? The, the Browns got nothing out of it. Now, I, with, with Hill, it was different. The Chiefs are saving a fortune. I get it. With Brown... I think you just have to pay him. I, unless he's just asking for a obscene amount of money, I think you pay him. Um, you mentioned Chris Jones, and, and just since you threw that out there, I want to circle around it because I, I think more and more people have been talking about Chris Jones through the lens of, oh, well, Tyree Kill ended up having you know a year of control left, but they ultimately couldn't grant a long-term deal, so they sent him to Miami. Um, I am the, the last person to try to ship Chris Jones out of town. That's certainly not what I think would be ideal by any means, but it, it, I do think it's an interesting thought process that some people have floated out, just kind of looking especially in terms of, of the age of guys who Brett Veach has paid as the general manager of this team. Uh, Chris Jones is going to be 28 at the start of next season, uh, and just actually in a couple of weeks. Then he has you know th- this year and then beyond. But do you, do you have a feel right now of, of what his future might look like? Because I think pretty clearly right now th- this team's best defender, I, I think by a pretty substantial margin, arguably their most important defender by a pretty substantial margin, but he is in that age range that I'm not sure I know what the Chiefs are going to want to do with him. It's a really interesting situation. I, I can't tell you I've sat there and reached out to a bunch of sources on it because I haven't, but I would say this, just based off what they've done in the past. When you look at Brett Veach and the way they've operated, they have played, they have paid one guy into his 30s. Yep. Travis Kelsey. Yep. He is it. He is it. And I will say this, though, because this is like this weird misconception. I, I swear to God, I think people try to force into their brains. They were going to pay Tyree Kill. Yeah, true. They were going to pay. There's this weird narrative that, like, well, Hill didn't want to be here. It's not, I, by the way, I think his podcast has proven he wanted to be in Kansas City. Mm. Okay? I think at this point, like, if that hasn't proven it to you, I don't know what, what's going to ever do it. Um, it's like listening to a jilted lover with some of this stuff because I think he really wanted to be there. Yeah. And, you know, he even talked about the fact he reached out to Mahomes and wants to get a deal done. This is not, this is not a situation where the Chiefs didn't want to pick. Now, 
the, the one thing to note, though, is that contract broke down with, with the Devontae Adams signing in, well, the trade and subsequent signing with the Raiders. Yeah. Why? Because it would have meant a third year guaranteed for Hill. Well, Hill's third year, he'd be 31 years old. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs did not want to get that. Uh, my thought is with Jones, two things. If he has a really good year, then he's got one year left on his deal. At that point, if you're the Chiefs, I think you, you have to make a decision. You either trade him and get a fortune back for him, or you say, all right, we're going to extend him, and we're going to extend him for a couple more years, we're going to smooth out the cap hits, and you hope that he's really good to leave 31. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're the Chiefs, who are obviously trying to win a Super Bowl every year right now in Holmes. You're going to trade that guy out of town? Like, look, Hill's one thing. As great as Hill is, you have Mahomes on that side of the ball. Yeah. Mahomes can elevate everybody around him. Mahomes doesn't play defense. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have it, here's the other side of this. What if Jones plays long enough here and Carl Loftus is 10 sacks? Which, oh, it's just a lofty for a rookie. Mm-hmm. But let's say he does. You're going to trade Jones out of there and let Carl Loftus get double teams all game long? I, I, look, to me, Jones is the Kelsey of that defense. If you trade Chris Jones, everything up front falls apart. Everything. It's harder for Bolton. It's harder for Gay. It's harder for Carl Loftus. I mean, when Jones is on the field, he's double teamed. And so I, I think if he, as long as he's healthy and plays well, I think it would be smart to give him a you know, two-year extension, something like that, beyond next year. But We'll see. It is a weird situation because of his age and because of how much he can command. It's a phenomenal player. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, and I hope that it doesn't end up being a, a terribly difficult process because you're right, I just... The defense as a, as a whole right now is interesting, but it goes from being kind of interesting and a little spooky with Chris Jones to being a five-alarm fire without him. Um, this is something we were talking about a little bit earlier in the show with uh, Harold Kuntz. Um, he, he mentioned something that we've discussed once in, once in a while with the, the youth on this defense now, with Karloftis and McDuffie and, and uh, Gay and Bolton to an extent, even obviously not rookies, but still very young. Steve Spagnuolo doesn't really have his, like, veteran uh, safety nets or, or his comfort blanket or whatever, right? Like, this this defense is as young as it has been in a while in Kansas City, and I'm, I am really, really intrigued to see how Spags is going to try to navigate that with Dan Sorensen and Ben Neiman both going to the NFC and really just continuing to rise the level of that conference. By the way, we, we buried the lead. It's Ben Neiman against Patrick Mahomes week one. I mean, it just it, it's it's going to be like watching Pacific Rim. I mean, it's just the best I of mean, the best. In, in really what is like the football version of Battle of Midway. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like you're you're gonna have you're gonna have Neiman Mahomes week one. I um, mean, come on. And, and I want to now to be serious. I don't. I want to preface this by saying this is not like an inside thing. It's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um. I the, the Chiefs. This part, you can take to the bank. The Chiefs think the world of Steve Spagnuolo, they think he's done a very good job. But this part is my two cents. I don't think it's an accident that the Chiefs gave him a whole bunch of young guys and said, hey, Steve, mold them. Mm-hmm. Because let's, let's call a spade a spade. They were a disaster the first half of last season defensively. And a huge part of the reason was Steve Spagnuolo would not stop playing Ben Neiman and Van Sorensen. Yep. I mean, let's just be honest about it. They yep. were a disaster to the point that when Sorensen was on the field, I mean, it was evident. Teams just zero in on him, but here it comes. 
we are going to throw at him relentlessly all night. And it got to a juncture where, look, you know, they finally had to play Thornhill. Reasons I'll never understand why Juan Thornhill didn't play at the beginning of last season. But, you know, even Neiman, like, they just, Willie Gay would come on the field, make a great play, and then sit for two shares. <laughs> and, like, what is happening? Like, and it, you always heard the same line, which is, well, you know, we trust these guys, the veterans. You know. I don't think it was an accident that the Chiefs were like, here's a bunch of guys who, look, we're going to sink or swim with these kids. And I will say, I think early on in the year, if you're a Chiefs fan, you probably should buckle up. Because unless they're just rare air kids, they are going to make mistakes early. There are going to be times you're like, what happened? Oh, they blew a cup. Mm. What happened here? Oh, well, Karloftis is in the dirt because, you know, whoever. You know, some left tackle buried him. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened here? Oh, well, you know, Chanel thought he was blitzing and they blew a coverage and the tight end went for 30 yards. Like, their offense is going to have to score a bunch early in the year. But if they get better defensively, they could be really, really dangerous. And I think that's what the Chiefs are banking on at the end of the season. Yeah, and I'd rather live that way than the way that we were all talking about it last year because it was still, oh, what happened? Oh, they blew a coverage against the Eagles in the flat 14 times. And, and then it, maybe it wasn't even – some of those were communication issues, which is inexcusable. But, it, you know, if if Ben Neiman or Dan Sorensen knew where they were supposed to be but couldn't get there, what's the difference? In this case, the, right. the, the drawback, the, the quote-unquote downside of young guys being out of position is, like you just said – Maybe maybe there are growing pains that are tough to get through in in October. But what's it going to look like in January? Because it, or or God in in twenty twenty three and four, you know, when, when most of these guys should still be here. That that's way more exciting to me than anything else. Yeah, you're right. They need to score points early on. But I also like it when this offense has to score points. So I, it feels like a win win from an entertainment standpoint. Well, it's going to be it's going to be shootouts, especially when they play early in the year. And, you know, look, it, I, I picked them to win the division. I still think they're the best team in the division, despite the fact the Chargers have blown up. I have never seen the Chargers win one game that ever matters. And so until they do it, I'm not, I mean, look, I was no, arguing you, with the Chargers You just fans. snuck that in so casually that it even caught me off guard. I, 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 I was arguing with a fan of the Chargers, one of the 12. And he was, like, just beside himself. Because I pointed, it wasn't even, it was just a, a point I made. I, I think it was in my column. But, like, look. The Chargers, everybody talks about that game against the Raiders last year. They lost at the end. Of course, it's classic. They didn't get in. Two weeks prior to that, they lost to Houston, who was missing 25 guys due to COVID. <laughs> and this Chargers fan responds, well, we were missing guys, too. I'm like, I don't care you're playing Houston. <laughs> like, I don't care who was missing. You were just in Herbert. It should have been enough. Like, can you imagine Kansas City with Mahomes? I don't care who's around them losing at Houston. Like, there is no scenario in the world where that's happening. So... I still think the Chiefs are the best team in a very good division, but I do think that early in the year there's going to be a couple games where people can't just freak out mm. because they get torched. I mean, that's probably coming, whether it's the Buffalo, whether it's to the Bucks. I would say the Raiders, but the Chiefs seem to have this like hex on the Raiders that they could just beat them at will. Right. But you know, there are. I mean, I expect those games to be hard for the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to give up a lot of points unless they just come out. And these kids are just gangbusters. If that's the case, the Chiefs are going to go 48 to Okay, but I, I think you know, you're right. Look, at least with this group, even if there's mistakes early, as long as there's slashes of potential, yes. there's a lot of upside. Yep. And you can look forward to, hey, you know, maybe by week 10, week 11, we're rolling. We're real problem. 
last year, as you point out, the Philadelphia Eagles, it'd be like, oh, look at that. Anthony Hitchens is in moon boots trying to cover the flat. <laughs> like, and he's going to do it 35 more times because the man's trying, but he just can't run anymore. Right. I mean, that's, I think that's a situation where you're, th- th- there's one thing about this Chiefs defense that's going to be a lot of fun in comparison to last year. They may make a lot of mistakes early. We'll see how it plays out. They are not going to be unathletic, and they are not going to be without physicality. They went out and made sure of that. So that in itself should be a lot of fun. And frankly, cover-ups for some of the mistakes they're probably going to make it time. Matt, you're the best. The only thing you can really do to improve as a person, I think, is to go open up Disney Plus and go watch Monsters, Inc. and The Incredibles. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, but uh, let the I'm, kids I'm get a little down. older. Eventually, eventually, I'm gonna we're gonna see if we can't can't get you to sit through those two. Monsters Inc. and Incredibles are just good movies, man. I feel I feel like those would be the right places to start. I'm, I'm trying to lead you in the right in the right direction. If I'm gonna sit down and watch Disney, but first of all, do the Lion King because that that I can't get through it without crying. The Mufasa just kills me. <laughs> and then uh, and Zootopia is actually a really good movie. Zootopia is a lot of fun. Zootopia is good. Okay, so weirdly we got you on Zootopia. I feel like the door is open there, and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let you slam it on me. Okay, fair enough. You can keep you can keep trying though if you'd like. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Matt Verderam of Fansided. Check out all of his work across Fansided, Arrowhead Addict as well. He's been making jokes about the Chargers, you know, on, on some form or fashion of this show for years now. And every once in a while, he still does one that is so quietly, just such a quiet assassination of the Chargers character that uh, it even catches me off guard, which is, I think, part of the magic of, uh, of Matt Verderam. Follow him on Twitter, at Matt Verderam. Please do, again, check out his work, because he just does great work everywhere, um, and uh, particularly, I would argue, on this show. It's hard to, uh, hard to beat Matt Verderam at anything other than a trivia competition involving classic beloved movies that defined a generation that he has turned a blind eye to willingly. Other than that, though. You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports. I'm really not trying to be defensive or rude to you, YouTube commenter. I'm sorry that I almost certainly sound defensive here. He's just a mean boy. I'm just a mean boy. I'm mean. I'm this mean to everyone, not just you. With Joshua Briscoe. Can confirm. But I all shut up, beards. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. Okay, so I've got the Ringers Pixar bracket pulled up here. Pixar character bracket. 64 teams, and by teams I mean characters. Uh, the uh, the final may have been decided by now over the course of the show, but I just have it up to the final. And there are some, I have some issues here. Now, Rudy, I haven't asked you directly yet. And if you haven't seen the bracket yet, don't look just yet. Save it for, just, not. Save it for just a second, and then you can start seeing where your problems lie. But, but first of all, who would you say is your just personal favorite character from the Pixar universe? Favorite character from Pixar? I mean, it's tough to beat Woody. It's okay, just, right? really? It just goes back to childhood. Yeah. Um, also, and I know he's not on there, but I also love the T-Rex from Toy Story. Yes. Um, Fantastic. Also very good. But it, it would probably be Woody because of the, uh, a large part because of nostalgia, right? Sure. That is my Pixar movie that I grew up on, right? Like it was, and, and if I'm being honest, Buzz Lightyear, a little too much of a square for me. And then his his world gets wow. thrown he, he, he gets His world gets questioned just a little bit, and all of a sudden he just snaps. And by the third Woody's, movie, he's speaking Spanish. <laughs> Woody is just, he's along for the ride, man. He gets it. Wow. 
Wow, that you know he what? He understands everything. So what he's what he's got it going on. Spoiler alert on the bracket, the final in the the ringer bracket. And this is voted on. They seeded it, but then everybody voted on Facebook and Instagram and on their website and everything. The final is Woody versus Buzz. And I voted for Buzz. I'm not too surprised that it's those two cuz those 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 all are the most I mean those are probably the two most iconic Pixar characters. Definitely. I I think so. But I was surprised by a few things along the way. And I, I, your argument for Woody, Justin, I think of Woody as being the uptight one, I think. But I, I totally hear your logic there. And I, I find it compelling. Buzz doesn't even know who he is. He's no, like, I'm that, a toy? What? I, I get it. No, there's, there's something there, Rudy, that I'm, I'm going to give you that. I mean, Woody's got his own problems. Don't get me wrong. He, he, he can't accept the fact that one day, uh, Timmy, Jimmy, Andy? Andy is just not going to really want him around anymore. He believes he can he can prevent that. But sometimes you just got to face the harsh reality of, 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 the, of life. I think my personal favorite... Oh, God, I got to show you a picture too, Rudy. Oh, this is so good. I need to tweet this out. I think my personal favorite character from the Pixar universe is former Chiefs linebacker Mike Wazowski. So good. And also, um, I think I believe Verdram. Yeah, Verdram said the or no, 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 it was Harold. Uh, the old guy from Up is great. Like, yes, he, he would be. He would be in my like top four. No, no doubt. He he's fantastic. I can. Uh, I'll I'll tweet these out later. But I'm gonna just text these to you right now, Rudy, so you can just uh, so you can just see them. I'm excited. Um, so. Uh, I've talked about this on air already, so sorry for a quick blindside bummer. But down and back to Wichita because we lost my grandma on my dad's side um, last week, and uh, you know had that whole process. But but one thing being down there is that a, a lot of the family brought out old pictures, and and one of my aunts had made a uh, quilt of like a timeline of the grandchildren and stuff that that I'm sure I had seen before, but it had been a very long time. There are two pictures of me in there. And one of the first I'm going to send you is me and my cousin. Now, Rudy, I will describe this one to you um, after you. I'll describe it to the audience after you see this one. I have no memory of this. So perfect. It is. It is. My cousin is is in a little cowboy hat making a face, and I am wearing a full head to toe Pikachu costume. Yep. Big foam Pikachu head. Yep. Pikachu onesie. Yep. And if you look, you might say, are you wearing, are you holding a Pikachu in your hands? You are. No, I'm not. Look closer. I mean, it looks like, well, so what I was going to say is it looks to me like you are holding a Pikachu and on top of said Pikachu that you are holding is another Pikachu. Look even closer. Oh my goodness. I didn't even there's see a, this at the time. There is another Pikachu. I am holding three distinct Pikachus of various sizes. I would do I would pay a tremendous amount of money right now to get that big little chonker in the middle. Not yeah. me, but the Pikachu. To get that chonker back in my life. I would love to know what happened to those Pikachus. I, I Oh man have I have no memory of that. Did not notice the little the little guy. I didn't either until but just now. As I zoom in, yes, you have a Pikachu small two small smaller Pikachus in your hands <laughs> and your hands are essentially pushed together than to hold the larger Pikachu in front of you. Now the next picture I'm going to send that I will also tweet out it is captioned Joshua's 7th birthday 
from 2001. Again, no memory of this until seeing this photo. So perfect. I am wearing a full Mike Wazowski costume. Yep. My face comes through the eye in yep. the middle. Because that's where he sees. And uh, if you look closer, you can see. I actually do vaguely remember having a Monsters, Inc. birthday party now that I'm seeing this again. Like, there's a Sully on the cake and all of this. Yeah. The cups are Monsters, Inc. I, and I remember those. I don't remember the costume, weirdly enough. So good. But one thing that Renee and I figured out when we were looking at all these pictures and we went through some home videos and stuff, I am... I am in costume or wearing like a themed hat at every holiday possibly imaginable. I've got so, I have I have bunny ears, I have an elf hat for Christmas, I have a Fourth of July hat. Many of them I still have. I and I almost I just answered my own question because I was almost gonna ask, and where'd you say these were on again? But you said it was on a quilt. On a because, quilt. Because in my head it was almost like for I you mentioned that earlier, but just all of a sudden in my head I was like Oh, maybe it's a scrapbook or something. I was like, I noticed some similar fabrics in each one. I was like, yes. wait a second. Were they just holding, were they using the same fabrics for, but it's a quill. They're next to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all, it's actually chronological, which I didn't it's very, realize. It's very it's cool. very, very cool. Uh, but in this particular instance, I did, I wanted to make sure so that I, I put this out here on the show because I was, I was so excited to, to send you the Pikachu costume one. I wanted to wait. Because it just is the payoff of, like, I I remember, I would have been four or five years old in this picture. I remember having a real Pokemon phase, yeah. but it was very different than, I think, I, I, than what it is now. Might have, probably. Well, well, yes, definitely. The, the costume doesn't fit anymore, which really pisses me off. But, like, I, I didn't, I wasn't playing the Pokemon games as my entry point. It was VHSs. From I think Blockbuster, but presumably via, yep. it was it was rented videos and like cards from garage sales and a bunch of the plushies. Oh yeah, I I it was for me Pokemon Red. Like I re I remember right, my, when it came to Amer I, I was eight when it came to America or seven or eight, and I like I remember getting it and just being. But that makes Whoa. sense. That's normal, I think. I think my, my Pokemon experience was, like, reverse engineered. I think the most I've played a Pokemon game to this day is probably Sword. And then and, and Legends might be second. For sure. Before you start getting the ones it, I played when I was younger. It is a little different. It's because even strange. though we're not, you know, drastically different age-wise, when Pokemon came to America, like, again, I was eight. That's right? true. That's true. I In was, this picture, I was, I'm four or five. That's true. I was true. literally the, like, the demographic that they were going for, right? Like, it, it was, like, eight to twelve was like the rough demographic that they were like obviously it spanned and, and became much bigger than just that age group but like that was the age group it was directed to when it first came over You're right. and That's i was just point. like i was just like right in it right same with like and that was the same with uh Yu-Gi-Oh and then those things where i i really was like the age the target you know demographic for for those things growing up like it was whew, time to be what a time to be alive what a time to be an 8 year old you know what a i remember being so bummed that I could not watch the uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh cartoon because we had um, we had we had some sort of you know kind of a well, I say a dish satellite not dish but a, a, a satellite thing that but it did not come with the local channels um, for whatever reason and so like I couldn't I could not watch you know the the Yu-Gi-Oh cartoon was like every Saturday morning on one of the local channels and then I remember the day we switched it all and we got that and I was wow like, I was so excited. Because I, I finally had the show that I wanted to watch. It's I had access to it. It was a good good time in my life. Sounds like it. 
Um, I just sent you the uh, the bracket link here, also, Rudy, and we can we can maybe dip back into this farther whenever we come back. But here, I want to just give you like the elite eight as it all got voted down to Woody versus Mike Wazowski. I would have voted for the upset. Dory versus Sully. Dory was the one seed of that region. Okay. I'm not sure Dory's the best character from Finding Nemo. How about that? Do you think Finding Nemo was great though? Then Buzz Lightyear versus Carl Fredrickson. It's the old man from Up. And then Wally versus Mr. Incredible. Wally was a one seed. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I understand the that. argument, but that, that did catch me a little bit by surprise. We should take a break so we actually have time whenever we come back. So you can, you can look over the bracket during the break, Rudy, and we can, uh, we can discuss that uh, whenever we come back. Presumably, um, boy, there's just some upsets, some, some seeding choices. I just hope that this honestly doesn't totally ruin my whole weekend. <laughs> You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports. Disney Channel's, you know, pushing their their nonsense that all you millennials love this, you know, nonsense. That's why that's why you guys lost election. With Joshua Briscoe. I think that went well. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. I haven't heard that liner in a very long time. That was from a very long time ago on a sports Saturday or sports Sunday. And I just hope that guy is enjoying our continuing coverage of the Ringer's Pixar character bracket. Whew! That's a fun one. Uh, Rudy, I, I sent you the link. I don't know if you've had a, had a chance to really comb over it during the break. I, I will yes, say I have it. There, there are a few characters here that you know I think had great upset arguments. Roz from Monsters, Inc. beat Bing Bong from Inside Out. That was a 5-12 upset. I like that one. I think that's a good call. Um, but, you know, uh, Roz also beat Linguini, who's a 13 seed. That right there is your little Cinderella rundown. Roz made it to the, uh, made it to the Sweet 16 as a 12 seed before falling to Woody. As the squeeze toy aliens from Toy Story, a 13 seed beat Sadness and Violet from The Incredibles. That's a good, that's another 12 13, and that's a great one. That's a great matchup. But then squeeze toy aliens lost to Dory. I get it. I understand. Remy, the rat from Ratatouille, is a two seed. Feels about right, but then ran into Sully, the three seed in that region. That's a tough one. Um, I will say that Bruce from Finding Nemo is an 11 seed. Felt very low, but losing to Sully in the second round. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. Any of these matchups really... It, was anybody uh, heinously underseeded for you? Elastigirl is a four seed feels a little disrespectful. I feel like she deserved better. Yeah, I mean... I kind of feel like most of the Incredibles might have. Mr. Incredible is a two seed. Maybe overseeded, actually. Nothing really sticks out for me, but I, I think part of that again is just not being necessarily a, um, you know, not the biggest. Uh, you know, it, it's not obviously no dislike of Pixar or anything, just not being. Um, that's why you guys it, lost the election. I mean, that's all I, I can mean, say. That's fair, right? Like, there's there's a lot uh, there's a lot about Pixar. I would say where I'm I'm kind of unpassionate about. Right. Well, okay. I enjoy the movie, it but it, it is not a. Uh, um, it, it feels the the bracket feels pretty good to me is what I guess is what I would say. I don't really have like a sleeper yeah. that I'm very strong about. I guess is my what I'm trying to say. Here's here's my here's my take, and this is this is actually a long lasting Disney Pixar based take that I think really goes back to Mike Wazowski more than anything else, and then lots of options in the the um, Toy Story world. Where did Flick from Bugs Life get seated? By the way, 
That feels like I'm just realizing now that I don't think I really he was a nine seed, nine seed. and lost to Dory. And yeah. that okay, and, and maybe mm. that's one where like I I I, I like I like Flick from Bugs Life. Flick, he said F L I C K. I like Flick. Uh, here's here's what I have figured out though. I think for the most part, I I like the second character most of the time. The the main character Sully, Mister Incredible. Um, Nemo or Marlin, I guess I don't know. But you have your quirky secondary character. Your sure. your Mike Wazowski, your Dory, your um, potentially your Buzz, your Buzz Lightyear, but maybe it's farther down the roster. There, maybe it's you know really like Slinky kid, or whatever. The kid from Up. Up is just a very yeah, good movie. It is. It is excellent. But I I like the the comic relief doesn't have the burden of being a main character yeah, type of sure. character. I feel like maybe those types got a little bit disrespected in this bracket. See, Josh, while you were nerding out over Pixar, I was being the cool kid trading Pokemon cards, okay? I was busy doing real adult grown-up stuff. I was mastering the sword. I wasn't busy being a nerd, Josh. Anyway, thanks for being here for tonight's show. Thanks to Harold Koontz and Matt Verderam. Thanks to Rudy Salazar, you know, since I'm saying it's the end of the week. So that feels reasonable. We'll uh, enjoy our weekends and talk to you again next week. We got the World Cup. Bye, Mom.